Ah, oh, man, how many states are medical now? All right, let's say completely legalized. Let's count them. Because remember what Maritza Davila said. <clears throat> she said as soon we as it gets legalized, right now, she's completely legalized. They said completely legalized. It seems more. Let's see how many states where it's not decriminalized. So it, bring that map back it, up It's me? legal in Alaska? Let's see, fully illegal. We have, I see Idaho. I'm thinking that's not Wyoming. What's that next so to Idaho? Idaho. That is Wyoming. Okay. That Kansas down here come down. Yep. Tennessee over here. I can see right there. That'd be Georgia underneath it? No, Alabama. Alabama. That's South Carolina. And I think Florida's illegal too. No, Florida, they didn't try it. Florida's uh, decriminalized. So completely illegal still. We have Alabama. It says mixed. Mixed? Oh. It says it's not decriminalized, but it's medicinal. Uh, well, that's kind of weird. Oh, that's stupid. Texas. Medicinal CBD oils only. Works for me. <laughs> um, but what's New York? We're still old. Legal status God mixed, damn. medicinal, yes, decriminalized, yes. Now, when it comes to New York, man, uh, one of our first episodes, Danny, do you remember one of our first episodes where we read off those stats? Um, and it was that New York City consumes the most weed per ton. I remember that one. In the entire world? It was one of our first, first episodes. We were still sitting in there. We still had the Harbor Studio. And I can't remember what the group was who released the study. And I didn't read the whole study. We're just going off of blurbs. And I was looking through it on my phone as we found, as we were actually live doing it. And I'm trying to see if it was per capita. And they said, no, it's just by pure weight, New York City. And like I said, second came up, I believe, was uh, Karachi, Pakistan. Uh, Karachi, Pakistan. And... I almost, I almost want to say Islamabad, uh, Pakistan. And how do you think they smoke their weed? Um, you know what I'm going to say? A lot of people I know, you know, a couple of my homies from work, security African, um, you know, from Sudan have family there. And they smoke over there. And they say that in America, really, are the only people that roll complete joints all with weed. Like so just, they do doobies? They do doobies. They do... I don't know what you feel like. A lot, a lot of really, you, you see how people like they, they roll a, right, they'll roll a, if they roll raw or they roll by mark, whatever paper they roll. The fronto? They'll put a piece of fronto in there. And, or, you know, people spring, uh, crush up the fronto and sprinkle it on top with the. Is it uh, fronto or fronto? I have no idea. Most people I know call it fronto. I don't know if it's fronto. <laughs> Most people I know always call it fronto leaf. And what is it? Like tobacco? What is it? It's just a just tobacco it's a big leaf. Big ass leaf. It's just a big ass tobacco leaf. And you break it, you roll. You know, it's crazy though. One of my homies, man, that's how we used to smoke when we uh we got off of work on Saturdays. One of my homies, he lived uh in a sty not too far from here. Uh he's down in Florida now. Um but you know, we would be coming this way and you know, we both had bud. He roll up, man, and once we hit the FDR, open up the sunroof and blow it down, bro. Fronto. Fronto? Fronto slash graba. Nah. It's a whole leaf tobacco. Because everybody, I, you know, I didn't start smoking that shit till I moved to Briarwood and I had a Jamaican neighbor. He would put that shit in his, in his joints all the time. I hadn't smoked it until I, uh, my homie, I just said I never had it before. I never knew people that smoked it. Um, it didn't seem like I was He's Jamaican? Him. Huh? He's Jamaican? Uh, Jamaican and Haitian, if I'm not mistaken. That's like a big Jamaican thing to add to the to the joints. Yeah. And then I started seeing more people like doing it as and it's become more normal. Actually, it gets you more high, I feel. I feel like 
done properly, it does. I feel like some people, if they don't do it right, it has too harsh of a taste. If done properly, it burns Brenna's throat. She she doesn't even like taking like. Remember how we used to break up the clips? If there was like a fronto leaf in there, she can't deal with it because it's too harsh on her throat. Some people it's too harsh. Like for me, if you don't, if you put too much, it's too harsh for me. Like I'd I'd rather I'd rather inhale a cigar than that. When you put weed into a, remember the vaporizers that you actually had to put the nug in. Once you heat that up, that's taking out all the THC, right? A majority of it. Um, that doesn't completely take it all out. It takes out a majority. There, there are people who do that, like that use like volcanoes or that use like the like the same vape but use the hose to pull it out. Of. Mm. Um, that use those and they'll use that as filler for like J's or like with weed. Because that's what I was thinking. I was like, it does. If it's not completely like, it is what I was. A lot of people I know always said like, if it's not completely black. And it, the vaporizer doesn't do that to it, or you have your shit too high, and you, you're probably scarring your throat or fucking like scarring your lungs with heat that high if you turn yeah. it, your weed black in a vaporizer. But like when it's that brown, it's like it still has a little bit of THC, not a lot, but if you're smoking bud and you want to stretch it, and you're smoking a J or a blunt, you mix that in, it'll, you know. Right, right when you get out the train station in Greenpoint, there's a new spot. And it's a CBD, uh, CBD spot, but they have... That's the spot I was telling you about when I walked by. They and have, but right next to it is the, the other masterpiece. Yeah. So they have... I was looking at the window. <clears throat> I went in there before... Um, I don't mean to keep cutting They, they got all these nugs just sitting in jars and shit. But when you ask them, they'll be like, oh, there's no THC in there. It's all CBD. But here's the thing. A CBD high... Isn't the cycle? It just calms you. Yeah, calms you. You know, some of you know what you're doing. THC could target pain. They could target. Right, it's the the both considered. I I never get the word right. Cannabinoids. 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 So I did get it right. Is they can if you know what you're doing. Actual scientists, botany, all that. They can know what this cannabinoid. This instead of THC, CBD, both the same. Uh, but you know different strains of it or different you know chemical breakdowns to get it. We both consider cannabinoids, and if you know which one, you can have one's target for pain, target for anxiety, target for stress. You know, target to help you sleep better, target to help you know help with your appetite. You know, they all if you know what you're doing when it comes to that, and if you you know just you no know, you just have to know what you're doing. And there's what people that say you know that's where that. That you know THC and you know CBD are completely different. Do you know what Biden's plans are for marijuana legalization? He hasn't said anything. Um, I would think if he has, and when it comes down to it, it's also we know the private prison system in this country and why it's a thing. Um, is that people don't want to, you know, people don't want to you know see it out legalized completely my whole thing is that <clears throat> when you think this about just that reason the, the hemp industry i said it yesterday i tell people all the time i talk about weed we, we could talk about all the benefits i of enjoy that smoking shit. weed i enjoy that i'm not gonna lie i don't enjoy smoking weed. i'm very open about it um when we had Kristen on, she was open about it with herself so so that helping smoking weeds helped her obviously deal with the, the ptsd while also deal with, you know, drinking and curbing that issue. Um, and she's been, you know, sober for months now, you know, more than a year. Got to be at like 14, 15 months now. Um, and 
you, you if you speak to people, I, like I'm honest about it. I tell people, I tell you, you know, I was a fucking this close, this close to being a fucking drunk, like when I was working. And you know, it was stressful. I remember, like I was out at the bar every night after work, and you drink liquor. I was drinking. You was liquor. drinking liquor. I was drinking liquor and beer. I shot and beer. Shot and beer. Like, and this is before I figured out that tequila was my happy drink. I'm talking whiskey <laughs> and beer. Whiskey and beer, bro, every night. Angry. Angry. And then I started smoking that little green plant. <laughs> and you, like you mentioned before, it was, it was within the first three episodes of doing this show that we mentioned those statistics. One <clears> I remember that episode. Imagine the amount of tax revenue. New York City would make. New York, I tell people all the time, New York City, man. And then, like, all right, let's look. We're, we're thinking, like, let's look. We're thinking tax revenue on THC products. We're thinking that. And I told you, the homie who came down that time, and you know, that was a bit of a debacle. But when I saw the receipt, what the tax was, yeah, that shit, it was fucking wild. And imagine that in New York, with what New Yorkers smoke. And you know this already. And then, I mean, you're gonna open up so much, so many more avenues for young business, young entrepreneurs and shit in New York State. And if you really make it a way where it's not dominated by people who aren't of color, who were selling before, and who you know are disproportionately in jails across this country, across this nation, as a result of fucking weed arrests. That needs to be the representation. Not, I'm sorry, not these, you know, they say pot moms, weed moms, moms who smoke weed. Get the hell cool out of here. Shit. It's like, so, kiss you, my you, ass. You, you, call, you call them drug dealers when they're on the corner, but if you have a little, uh, a beautiful smile and a social media channel. Yeah, weed not, mom. Now you're a weed mom. Yeah, you're a blog mom. I don't want to be with the, just, Kiss my ass. And uh, you know, I'd say much worse things, but I'm trying to take, we've been trying to keep it clean. Yeah, you know, we I'm dropped a couple trying of very hard right I now. Didn't, I didn't drop an SMD. I didn't say kiss my. I, I didn't say kiss we, my we, big. We, you know, we're so, so trying to be a little bit more friendly here. But honestly, but we're talking about THC. We're talking about THC here now. Kamala Harris, real quick. She's known for the disproportionate uh, statistics of locking people of color up. How many of those arrests do you think were like regular weed? Dime a lot bags? of people said were a lot of regular, small, frivolous weed arrests. So now, but she's—I mean, she's even said that she wasn't. Like, both of them have at least admitted they weren't proud of that, but it was their jobs, and they did it. And they both would like to see that overturned and see shit change. But it has to come from the top. If the federal government just pulls their heads out of asses, and it's like we—you can say with anyone, what has the war on drugs achieved? Since it started when Nixon, it was Nixon started the war on drugs, if I'm not mistaken, right? Nixon started the war on drugs. I'm not mistaken. It's either Rickson or Carter, man, but I, I want to say it was Nixon. Sounds like a Nixon thing. I think the war on drugs is about as frivolous as the war on terror. It's a war on nothing, bro. 1971. Who started? Who was president in 1971? Ongoing, June 18th, 1971. I feel like it was still Nixon. I didn't even need Nixon? To that. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it was Nixon. Well, it was President Jen 71. But I feel like Nixon started the war on trucks out here. Um, so people were coming home, you know, from, you know, heroin blew up after Vietnam, how bad it got in inner cities. Um, we obviously know the sordid history of crack and the CIA with cocaine and the Contras and all that whole, Sandistas, you know, all that, that whole affair. Um, but if you look at it over the last, let's say, this is 71, so this would be, what, 40, 50 years? Let's say for 49 years. 
What have the war on drugs achieved over the last 49 years? Nothing. Except making drugs more readily available and accessible. Because it wasn't a war on drugs. It was a war on people. It was a war on poor people. Well, so war you, on poverty. You, 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 Instead of a real war on poverty, you wanted to war on the shit around poverty. The system, like the shit that happens because of poverty. You flood the, the neighborhoods with, with drugs. And then you increase the sentences when you get caught with those drugs. <laughs> now you're just pushing people into these cells, getting your free labor going through all these private institutions. And, and people that don't understand that, man. People that do not understand the private prison industrial complex in this country. Or the private prison industry in this country in general. And even and how it ties into the music industry. You remember the the the, the secret meeting that everybody had. The, let's let's call it the alleged secret meeting. Um, we believe it, but let's say alleged. There, the alleged we don't, secret meeting. We don't meeting. have hard proof, and we've had that discussion. Alleged, but even when you see, but you think about it now. Look at, and again, we had this discussion while I was talking with Chino about the six nine shit the other day. Um, and we were talking, and. It's like you look at in the 90s, late 80s, early 90s, they say, you know, West Coast gangster rap, you know, East Coast rap with the bang, bang, shoot 'em up shit was glorifying gang life, drug dealing, selling, being in the streets. And that led a lot of young men to that lifestyle and this shit. And now that in the dirt. But now you have the music industry, you know, I won't say back to that gang banging lifestyle, but kind of still floating close, but getting closer than it's been in a long time. But also the drug influence in music has never been higher or stronger than it ever was. Like, you knew rock stars... Because it's, it's beyond drug dealing now. It's drug using. You knew rock stars did drugs through the 70s, 60s, and 80s. They made one or two, three songs total about it. You know, you maybe what? Eric Clapton, Dick Cone Kane, Purple Haze, Puff the Magic Dragon. You know, and the songs... That, but those were classics. Those were classics. And the so- and even the songs that were about drugs, um, they were innuendos. They weren't so openly. It was Percocet. Molly Percocet. See, uh, what's this guy's name? Um, the Weeknd. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't feel my face when I I'm love, with you. Like I tell people, I love The Weeknd so that, much. That, that, I that's, fuck with The Weeknd heavy, man. That's lyrical ability that allows you to be in the party without realizing that yeah. you're dancing to him doing cocaine. Like that, You don't know that there's a song about a guy talking about his face being numb from doing blow. And even when he addressed it on the next album, on a Reminder, um, I can't remember the whole line, but um, he uh, it was like, teen, I just want a teen source, I uh, just want a teen award from a video show um, about my face numb off a bag of blow. And it's like, God damn, bitch, I'm not teen choice. Like, and he's like saying, like, hey, listen, that's song one for kids. And you got kids dancing around in a song about me doing lines of yay. So much that my face is numb. And, and everybody at the party is just like, this. I can't feel my, I love yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But, um, hey, baby, I can't feel my face. <laughs> I love it. Like, and they love it. They they don't really pay attention to it. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like when when people used to love the uh, the old song, uh, the reggae song. We were in high school. We had just graduated, and girls like had it up on the MySpace page and shit. Uh, God I went, damn. One girl can satisfy her. She need more wood for the fire. Oh, I remember that Flame shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like yo chicks got this up on their MySpace page like you do realize uh, it's talking about a chick that ended up with the monster cause she was fucking everybody oh right oh my god and you're like no, hey. no he's not he's talking about smoking no no she was smoking <laughs> not in the way we want 
not in the way we want, son. There, like, there was a few rock bands that they had songs that were just a little too overboard. Like Queen, they, Queens of the Stone Age, they have a song called The Feel Good Hit of the Summer. And the lyrics are, nicotine, valium, Vicodin, marijuana, ecstasy, and alcohol. That's what he says throughout the entire song. So the hip-hop version of that will be like Future's uh, Molly Percocet. Molly Percocet. And everybody now, when you listen to the songs back in the day, I feel like people wanted to hustle and make money. Now they just want to get drugged up. and Now they want to get drugged up and sit there and, and feel fucking the, lean. Feel the lean. The flood. It's like, yo, how many of these rappers have to die before you people stop it? It's like, you know, they talked about gangbanging. You know, we lost people to the streets. We're still losing people to the streets. Obviously, you know, rappers still get shot. Hey, who was it got shot this weekend? Benny the Butcher got shot in a leg in Texas. Benny got another shot. Rapper got King Vaughn got killed. King Vaughn got killed. Um, <clears throat> there was another rapper was shot at it. Uh, the dude who Mike Tyson just sung on his shit on the podcast. Oh, Boozy. Yeah. He got shot in Texas this weekend. You know. Um, he got shot in the leg too. Yeah. And it, it's crazy to 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 hear these things or know these things are going down, man. That's why I say the hip hop industry is its own beast. That's not even music industry because that's, that's its own animal, man. That, that's street. That's music. That's and entertainment, it man. It's that's like, strip clubs. Yeah, like and you see, like with the six nine, with the six nine documentary, when like they talking about, like they talk about with like uh, how Treyway started the nine tray, um, how they started, like how they considered a like. Enterprise, criminal enterprise, like the mafia. So anything ever goes down, you all get hit with Rico. Why they all did, why it went down so bad. Um, they showed like the split, the fracture. Why what happened when he got, why when he got kidnapped. Um, it, it's crazy, but like you said, it's his own beef. But it even showed how beef started in that clip, and now how that started to like fracture, and cause some of the problems amongst you know Treyway and them and everything going on, to where it was uh. To where it was a problem, and yeah, that's a good one right there. <laughs> you see, because that it just makes me glad that I, I still play some guitar. Uh, you know, I I try I, I spit bars, but I, if we if we do rap, it's got to be like Lonely Island. That's comedy. what I said. Like I, I can't like I can't be on the beat like talking like I'm. Ha I was having fun that day. Like me and my like, like I ain't mobbing out. with I ain't got like. Who am I mobbing out with me, Lorenzo, and June? Me, Lorenzo, June, Craig, you. Maybe, you know, we could put we could put a crew together. Is this a crew that you're going to see in the club and think we're going to stomp and break? No, you're going to see us walk in the club and be like, all right, let's just monitor that alcohol consumption so they don't get too wild. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're not going to see us walk in the club and be like, yo, we're like, not banging. make sure they ain't got no bangers. Make sure they ain't got the blicky blams on them. Like, make sure they cool. All right? like, like, Im imagine two jazz musicians just shooting at each other in the street. Or for that spot at uh, 40 Deuce. Oh, man. BB Kings? No, I'm talking about, like, I be seeing a lot of jazz musicians play in the subway, but they be fight, oh, fighting man. for those right spots. Th oh, oh, man. You talking about right there in front of... um In front of that little headphone store. Uh, sound, was it Sound Factory? Sound, sound... What is it called? That store that's inside sound, the station. I think it's called Sound Factory. You know they closed, right? Shit. Pandemic shut them down, bro. The last thing I got there was some skull candies. The last thing I got there was some skull <clears throat> candies for me and my pops. And you know what's crazy? I think those are the ones I lent to you. <laughs> he still has his. Oh, shit. He still has his. And you know what it is, though? He had lent me some. And uh, and yeah, I, I don't know what it was. I had bad luck. I went through like a year and a half, two years where I just, every headphone I used was shorting out. 
Like it would just out of nowhere be shorted out. Just eventually one side go. Like I just I had a terrible run fucking, of luck. You, with them. you you play your music at ten decibels above. No, nah, that was bro. even when I had the phones where I couldn't do that, bro. It was just shorting out, bro. Just I had bad luck. And now like I have these headphones that sound like speakers on my ear and I haven't had a single problem with them. Even though I have them under warranty, I should tell Amazon I have a problem, so send me a new pair. All right, so uh, it's about that time of the show. Uh, we got our, our big brother, Neil, is with us. We're, we're about to set him up, but before we bring him on, we're just going to recap one of his shows here at this fantastic studio. First Live Studios are here at 219 Central Avenue. And, uh, of course, if you want to use the space, go to firstlive.us. That's Get the place to do it. Get all the information you need. 